Today on The Topping Show, Rand Paul defends TikTok, Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk might team up, get paid $1,000 to watch the Fast and Furious series, Tyson Foods goes sour, Twitter to purge inactive accounts, Scott Baio, the latest to leave California, Biden's latest poll ratings are not so good, and Dish loses 552,000 subscribers in Q1. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Top Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added research and service company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner or an IT leader, you can reach them at salesandtoppingtechnologies.com. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say, he is quite handsome and brilliant. He's me. That's that's a joke. Again, if you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at salesandtoppingtechnologies.com. Now, jumping into the business part of the podcast, you have Twitter announcing that they're going to purge inactive accounts. This came as Elon tweeted, noting that all inactive accounts are going to be purged, so subsequently a lot of people are going to notice their Twitter followers go down. Another fun reminder reached me at Nick Topping, N-I-C-T-O-P-P-I-N-G, on Twitter to hear or rather read me tweet. Now, Twitter's, Twitter's official policy now changed the definition of who they consider inactive. It used to be every six months you have to log in at least once, now they're saying those who do not log in for 30 days will be considered inactive. So this is going to be a very interesting test to see how many real users there are on the platform. When Before Elon took over, you had more bots than you could possibly even count. Thankfully, it seems that number has gone down dramatically. With this, you might actually be able to get some cool Twitter handles as a lot of people sign up and abandoned the platform. Also, kind of like when people win or lose the presidential election in the United States, you have a lot of people whining and complaining, say, oh, now I'm going to leave, which they never really do, but maybe this something did, and you might be able to get that fun Twitter handle, whatever it might be. Now, other interesting businesses, you have Tyson Foods going sour. Now, a little fun background, they're a multinational foods company founded in 1935 by John Tyson. And if you haven't heard about them before, you probably have consumed their products and not realize it. They're the parent company behind Hillshire Farms, Jimmy Dean's, as well as Adele's Sausages. Not the singer or the computer company, I believe. Now, they actually produce 20% of U.S. beef, pork, and chicken. They globally employ 141,000 people with about 122,000 based in the United States. And they're, so they are one of the largest and well-known companies in the meat industry. And their shares is dropped 16%, which sounds big in and of itself, but it also, especially when you consider it, that's a three-year low for them. So that's pretty rough and pretty concerning if you're a shareholder, when traditionally you would think this is more of a staple food that everyone needs to eat meat. It's one of those just things where you just assume it's going to be pr produced and you assume the sales are going to be there, kind of like water, just everyone needs it. So it'll be interesting to see you know, what's really going on now the ceo donnie king noted that they're really going to try hard to cut costs and one of the reasons he noted the decreased profits and the decreased performance of the company is their increased costs around specifically cattle so going back to the old age old theory of throwing a rock in the river and seeing the or a pond more appropriately and seeing the ripples from it so they're claiming that the feed so the actual feed for the cattle went up in price so the farmers had to increase their price of the cattle so all the cattle, the steer, and all the chickens, everything that they're buying is now twice, cost much, much more. Also doesn't help that there's a global war that 
believe Ukraine produces a, a vast, a high quantity of the actual cattle feed and feed for animals. Another downside of globalism or having a global economy, you're much more dependent on other countries globally. Granted, there's a lot of upside to that as well. As subsequently, where the United States, is, I believe it was after the 80s, it used to be like 90% of the U.S. electronics in the U.S. sold were made in the U.S. Now that numbers, gosh, has to be in the single digit numbers these days, exception of DOD contracts and things that have to be made here. Now, nevertheless, it is sad to see the company decreasing that hopefully they don't have to lay off any employees. And granted, I really hope it's a short term as everyone needs affordable food these days. And it's hard to be a good hamburger or even a better a good steak. Now, other interesting business news, almost also on the cultural side, there is an epidemic of every company seemingly to go to the tip-based system, even for self-checkouts. So it was all the rage on LinkedIn, a couple other business articles are noting how it's not the traditional go to a restaurant and you pay a tip because you actually receive exceptional service. But it's kind of the point where if you're just checking out, they're expecting a tip. And a lot of people are just fed up with it. And it's just exhausting because every single thing, even my IT company recently, recently bought some custom engraved whiskey bottles, the Blantons, which is famously shown in John Wick. We put our logo on the bottle and we, we numbered them and we raffled them off to prospective clients. We had like a meeting maker spiff where if you took a meeting with the next 30 days, you put a raffle ticket and one person would have the opportunity to win that bottle. And we spent a lot of money, I feel, for that service. It was a good product. The engraving came out pretty nicely, but the cost was a little under 2000 for a couple of the bottles. Granted, thanks to the movie, the bottles went from 60 to $90 to $200. So partially because of the movie and popularity supply and demand, but the engraving service was not cheap. And I'll never forget at the end of the checkout, they wanted a tip too. And it's something where Unlike a traditional restaurant business where those employees are paid with tips because of the business structure, a marketing company that engraves something as a service, that industry, you have minimum wage standards and those are more traditional salaried employees. It's not where they're paid per unit produced. This isn't a boutique mom and pop shop. This particular company is a fairly large reputable marketing company or rather a liquor company that does the engraving, but to spend almost a month's rent and see that they want more of a tip, I, I just said absolutely not. So subsequently I did not tip them and unfortunately they actually did botch one of the engravings, but which another good reason I didn't give a tip, but it's kind of the point where if you go to any store, even there's even rumors that Apple wants to start doing this at one of their unionized stores. I'm going to read more into that and divulge in that uh, the next podcast article or podcast show that I produce. But it's kind of a point where everyone is just exhausted, especially, again, thanks to the government. We have 40-year high inflation. You have just one of the worst economy, economic situations in our lifetime. And it's just getting, I think a lot of people are just kind of fed up with the trend and the guilt trip associated with it. Now, other interesting business news that could put money in your pocket, there's a company that's brilliant, brilliant marketing campaign. They're going to pay you $1,000 to watch the Fast and Furious movies. All of them. So you have to watch every single one. The first one came back and came out back in 2001, and they'll never stop making them because they are a billion-dollar property right now. I kid you not. So the first one came out in 2001. Now, Fast and Furious 8, I believe, was the first one. That Fast and Furious 8 movie hit $1.2 billion 
in the box office. And it's estimated that they have a budget to produce the film, also known as their cost, of $270 million. So if you're a financial analyst, if you're the CFO of Universal, or if you just have any common sense, fiscally speaking, they will never stop making those movies, regardless of quality of the script or the acting. All that aside, they print money with this movie. It is a dynasty in cinema. Even Fast and Furious 9, that hit $900 million alone on an estimated $200 million budget. And there's a company now brilliantly going to profit off of this. So financebuzz.com claims they're going to be accepting these applications for you to watch all these movies for a quote-unquote Fast and Furious Claims Adjuster. So that's the title of the job. And they want someone to watch all 10 films to access the auto damage across all the films. Now, total, that's about 20 hours. Side effects not include decrease in brain cells as each of the movies come subsequently more and more I'm trying to think of a nice way of saying unintelligent it used to be about to go back in time the first movie came out in 2001 it used to be about street racing and stealing electronics and it's so dated the electronics they were stealing was a tv vcr combo which i'll let you go ahead and google that or brave it or whatever search engine you use that was considered a high-priced item when the first movie came out. And there's no superhuman strength. and It's gotten to the point where they're actually going to space, and they're basically superheroes. They used to be street users. They became magical fighters overnight, people coming back from the dead. I mean, people used to think it was an inaccurate automotive movie because of the intake manifold, where famously Paul Walker's character, he had his nice little Mitsubishi Eclipse, and he punched the NOS and went really fast and had a on laptop said danger intake manifold warning 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 and the car crapped out and then magically when he needed to escape the police and pick up Vin Diesel the car magically worked seemingly perfectly so it's never been known for being particularly accurate in terms of realism or common sense but it's gotten preposterous over the years also fun fact first movie came out in 2001 Vin Diesel's character actually did a background check on Paul Walker, and he goes, you know, you know I don't even attempt his voice, but he said, you know, you, ain't t you do any time? I lied, I lied, I, I did his voice, but, and Paul's like, no, 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 man, no, no. And Vin Diesel's like, yeah, man, the guy thinks saying called the internet, everything's on there. And they had to explain the concept of the internet to put that in perspective how long these movies have been around. So, nevertheless, Finance Buzz is going to pay someone also to watch the 10, so they're going to give you $1,000 plus $100 to cost to cover all the streaming costs, the snacks, and all that. And the company notes, hilariously, as a bonus, quote-unquote, quote, as a bonus, you'll get a healthy education in the about the value of family, unquote. And it is hilariously brilliant how good this market campaign is because they didn't make this movies, but this business is going to capitalize off of it. And it's, a, it's got a cult following. A lot of people love those movies. Most of them could drive themselves to the movies, but... Unfortunately, very few could actually drive a stick shift. That should be a requirement. If you cannot drive a stick shift to the movie of Fast and Furious, you're not allowed in. I know that would decrease the audience to like three people and myself. Nevertheless, cars are always more fun when they have a stick shift and a third pedal. If you don't know what that is, I don't know if I can help. You, just, you have to research it get into the experience. You'll never go back. Now, it'll be interesting to see how much more positive press FinanceBuzz.com gets from that. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have one of the probably most well-known reporters of my lifetime is Tucker Carlson. He was known for actually having alternative opinions and actually 
doing interesting debates and bringing up ideas that no one else would, including the other pundits on Fox News. Subsequently, that's why a lot of people think he was fired because he was going against the grain. Now, according to Axios, it was reported that he might team up with Elon Musk to actually produce new content. Now, the current sticky situation that Tucker is in, he currently has a contract with Fox News. And they're basically paying him not to do anything. So right now, this contract is rumored to be about $20 million a year, regardless if he makes content or not. So in the, and that's all the way till 2024. And he has to cover the upcoming presidential election. Tucker is a magnet in political coverage, as some might say. But the fear is if he does nothing, he may fail and just go into obscurity. Now, is someone going to be able to buy out that contract? So in, that, in order to do that, the cost would probably be double or triple because we have to pay them something. So you do pay Fox News $20 million to let them off the hook. And then obviously you want to pay him something so he can make a living for himself and his family as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses. And in terms of people standing up for free, free, free speech, Elon's done a great deal. And granted, it's not as good as it could be in terms of there's still a lot of censorship. And he doesn't let everyone, everyone back on the platform. But it's a lot better than it used to be. And in the world of censorship nowadays, just a little bit of hope is actually as a rare thing. So I'll take it. Now, other interesting cultural news, you have Hollywood actor Scott Bayo. He's leaving California for some odd reason. Well, it's not, not really odd. Everyone knows why. But he actually, so he, he specifically calls it out, which many people do not. They just say, oh, yeah, I'm leaving for a family or they make up some, they acquiesce from the actual questions. They just make up a reason that's politically correct. Now, Scott Bayo is best known for his production and his actually acting on the movie Happy Days. And he tweeted, he quoted, he tweeted, quote, after 45 years, I'm making my way to the final exit state right from California. Stage right, unquote. And that was what he tweeted. And he also noted Los Angeles Homeless Service Authority estimates there's 20,000 homeless in Los Angeles County on top of the 40,000 in LA city limits, noting that that's the largest homeless population in the country. Now, I should note for the sensitive viewers, three days ago, it was announced that that is no longer a politically correct term, homeless. I forget the new one that they're telling people to use, but I think it's home disadvantaged or there's a new fancy term. It's hard to keep up. I've Newspeak in 1984 is a great book that should be taught in public schools, but it never, most never would. So yeah, no reason to homeschool. But nevertheless, again, that term, although I did read that term on CNN, so that was one of the sources. Again, I read from the left, the right, in the middle, try to get as much data as possible. And you always want to know whether there's other side thinking. So he's yet another folks that is leaving California for their cultural decay and them choosing not to do anything to fix the problems. Now, unfortunately, I don't see a change anytime soon, but one could always be hopeful and you never know. Some might say it's time to turn things around and attract businesses. Time shall tell. Now, going on to the specific political part of the podcast, you have bottom Biden's ratings hit an all-time low. They seem to bottom out. And, of course, when it comes to these polls, you always want to know, where is it from? Who is it from? What's your actual sample size? Because, obviously, you have three friends in a room, and if you just pull two of them, you'll be like, well, 50% of the people in this poll say they like X, Y, and Z. So, specifically, when you look at this poll, it was 900 registered adult voters, and 396 said that they leaned Democrat, and 438 said they leaned Republican. So, moderately balanced. Now, the poll was conducted via phone from April 28th to May 3rd, 
and the margin error is plus or minus three points. Now, according to that poll, they had the re approval rating at 36%. So 30%, 36% of Americans believe Biden is doing a great job and they would re-elect him in a heartbeat, apparently. However, they have 58% of Democrats saying that they want someone else, interestingly enough, since they elect, he, had more, he had more votes than any other presidential candidate in history during the 2020 election. Now, it'll be interesting to see could someone unseat him or could it be unprecedented? There's a lot of speculation. Will someone in the Democratic Party primary him and actually beat him in a primary? Given, given the flow of the incumbent solution, whether it be politics, technology, a car sale, the incumbent solution or the incumbent, whatever's there, more often than not stays there. To displace it is prohibitively difficult, especially it's just what the voters want, some might say. Now, when they asked if Biden has, quote, the mental sharpness to take and serve effectively as president, unquote, only they said 30, 32% of the polls said he did. So 32% of people think he is mentally sharp and articulate. 32%. Now, he didn't announce his reelection live. He had a pre-recorded video interesting now 63 percent said they do not believe he is sharp enough to do that of those who said he was not sharp enough 93 or 94 percent were republicans wow so of the 63 percent that said they are not a majority were republicans and and a fair amount were independents interesting how the chips are falling and again, no poll is perfect. This is a, certainly a small poll in terms of the number of people who are participated in it. But with the data we have now, it appears most people think he's, I mean, the approval rating has an all-time low, but it's mainly Republican. I don't know. I mean, they say 58% of Democrats say they want someone else. But, I mean, time shall tell. It appears he's in a pickle, but, I mean, last election he won without campaigning. I mean, time shall tell. We'll see. Now, other interesting political news. Rand Paul, who I think he does have a lot of great points, and I appreciate perspective. He's defending TikTok, which has become almost a bipartisan support to ban it. I wholeheartedly disagree with the bill they proposed because that would be an overreaching bill worse than the Patriot Act in terms of giving them unprecedented power to ban basically any app they want. Because, of course, they can't just focus on the one thing we care about right now, which is a foreign-owned app that's basically spyware and basically a brain drain for anyone. I don't see a lot of people getting smarter using the app, but let's... No, I, no, I don't really. But now Rand Paul, is specifically, he's noting that it would backfire against the GOP and young voters. Which I don't know how true that is. If you look at who's on TikTok, there's actually Democrat parties that is... They're paying influencers, as they might say, to shill, I mean, advertise for the party. And they, they consistently talk crap about Republicans. The average user on TikTok is a young kid, more likely liberal already. I don't know a lot of Republican youngsters who are on the app. And if Republican parents had a grain of salt or grain of intelligence, they wouldn't have their kids on the app anyway. Because, again, it's indoctrinating them on ideals that are contrary to their country beliefs. And it's teaching kids basically to be dumber. I, the app in China is brilliant. It teaches kids actually math, math, science. It teaches them that 
STEM fields are cool, they have something to strive for, and you should love your country, that's the version they have overseas. The one in the US is basically just a brain drain of random junk that doesn't make you smarter and usually highlights mental, mental diseases and mental disorders, including anorexia and other things that I don't know why they're glorifying because kids are, their kids actually developing tics because they're watching influencers on TikTok who have that. It's, again, give me, let me know in the comments, give me one good reason why anyone under 18 or 21 should be on TikTok. One. Oh, wait. Now, Rand Paul, going back to him, he quoted, quote, We are in a political world. We shouldn't be completely oblivious to the fact that there are a lot of young people on there, and it is, frankly, their freedom of speech, unquote. Now, there's a lot of debate since their kids, what rights do and do not apply to them. And if that was also true, they should be able to vote because no taxation without representation. Another disgusting thing, I think, if you're under 18, you should not be taxed if you're working because you can't vote. Another illogical thing many states partake in, I believe federal taxes they have to pay too. That makes no logical or moral sense for them to be paying taxes. Granted, I would also make that, I would make that same argument where most people shouldn't pay taxes at all. Nevertheless, I'm actually thinking he's missing the boat on this because the people with the highest propensity to actually vote Republican or go to his side of the aisle, I don't think they're on that app. A lot of people on the app are already entrenched in the ideals of the left more often than not. And there are some people on the right getting on TikTok. I think the Daily Wire has Matt Walsh and a couple of their other um, broadcasters on the platform. But if you look at the volume of what's on TikTok, mostly trash. But again, he's saying it's important because it's a political tool. I would say it's important to ban it because morally, it's not making the kids smarter. It's not helping them. It's not improving their life in any way. And... He says, if we ban it, they're going to blame Republicans. They already blame Republicans for everything. It's, and at the end of the day, there are Democrats who agree with banning it. It's not a completely one-sided issue. There are There is bipartisan support. There are some people on the very left who definitely do want, don't want to ban it at all because there's a lot of extreme things on the left. There's some, people, there's some people on the right who don't want to ban it because, frankly, many of them are cowards. And I don't think they actually want to stand up for what they believe and They want to just go with the flow. Another topic in and of itself. But... I don't think it would affect, I don't think it would negatively affect his party as much as he would think. And again, make a better app in the United States that isn't spyware and actually makes people smart. Nevertheless, I I think he's missing the mark on this one politically. And I, I don't think he's going to get many more votes out of this as well. Because a lot of people just do not agree with that app. And I don't know, time shall tell. Now... Going on to the specific business blunder of the day, you have Dish losing 552,000 subscribers in Q1. That's one quarter. Half a million subscribers just gone. And that's actually double, about twice as bad as it used to be in Q4. So Q4, 2022, they lost 268,000 subscribers. And specifically, these are paid subscribers. It doesn't cost anything to subscribe to my channel. Hit that button right now, it helps us out immensely. Now, they're down to 9.2 million subscribers. That's all they have left currently. Now, if you look at the breakdown of the portfolio, which things they actually subscribe to, they have 7.09 million Dish TV subscribers. So that's the traditional platform where if you drive past a house and you see the, it says Dish on it, brilliant, which I do 
terms of marketing, I appreciate that. As brilliant, concise, you know what it is. They have the dish on the side of the house. It says the logo, it says the name on there, it has logo. Brilliant marketing, I like that. So there's about 7.09 million Dish TV customers, and there are 2.1 million Sling TV customers. Now they're both look. They did lose some subscribers thanks to a cybersecurity attack recently, and they're claiming that they want to move to being a TV, satellite TV provider offering 5G wireless network as part of a broadband wireless business. So that would certainly diverse their portfolio and give them more options. But it's definitely concerning as a shareholder. They're in. The, they're part of these streaming wars, and there are more streaming platforms than I could count. And I don't even subscribe to those things. I just anecdotally know through the business and where the major players are, and there's no end of them. I mean, just off the top of my head, you have Disney, Hulu, Netflix, NBC owns Peacock. You also have what are they, a couple other ones? There's just HBO Max, which they moronically rebranded to Max instead of the name of the company throughout that defined the category. Size with barely any expeding any brain effort, and I already thought of five. There's dozens of these. Apple TV has another one. Or maybe they call it Apple Plus. Nevertheless, it's a fruit-related um, nomenclature for it. But they're probably streaming the wars, and they're losing subscribers more, and they're bleeding. So again, as a hail mary, they either need to acquire a company, I believe, or they need to start some original content and just get something that just knocks it out of the park. That makes it gives customers an overwhelming, compelling reason to specifically sign up for their streaming service. As you have, you have so many more. There's so much competition. The satellite was perfect for a lot of those folks who is a great solution if you don't have broadband or don't have fiber but those offerings are expanding they're exponentially increasing and it'll be interesting to see they also bought blockbuster in terms of kind of their track record and business decisions now that's that's only partially a joke and if you can't see the uh if you're only listening to this i have a giant old blockbuster sign behind me that i was able to acquire again if you have any old defunct business signs let me know i love to collect them but yeah, but when Blockbuster went bankrupt, they actually purchased all the intellectual property, including, you know, the customer database, the logo. So actually, if you, for the longest time, if you went to Blockbuster.com, it'd reroute you to like a dish.com with the Blockbuster side-side page. A lot of speculation on what's going on now, because if you go to Blockbuster.com, it just shows the big logo. But nevertheless, they were, when it comes to the executives at dish.com, during a call with some analysts, the Dish Network execs said that the fallout from the a previously disclosed network outage in February due to cybersecurity attack fell on most heavily on Sling TV, and the late fees for monthly invoices were waived after payment systems and call centers went offline. So that was specifically part of the business blunder of, no matter what you're doing in life, bolster the hell out of your IT security. Soft plug for my company, Topping Technologies. But you look at some of these biggest businesses, Target, Home Depot, all of them were kneecapped by cybersecurity attacks and their revenue just tanked. Target.com had an exponential increase in people using cash because they trusted the the finance system or the actual POS, point of sale POS systems so little, but they were so loyal to shop there, which is exceptionally rare in and of itself. But people who use cash spend a lot less on average. That's why they don't want you doing that. But yeah, to have that type of cybersecurity issue and they're still bleeding, I mean, that's 
that's gotta be the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. Cannot thank you enough. Every time you like, subscribe, and comment, it helps the channel out. Always appreciate the feedback. Also, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.